0: this morning, and uh, glad to be with you. Can't wait to explain God's Word to you. Um, in case you walked in late, um, I saw a few people come in late, uh, I want you to make sure that you um, talk to uh, Melissa, um, who oversees our uh, our family ministry, especially the Milestone Pathway, um, because uh, today is the day, as she mentioned, that um, uh, the, the, the children will be either receiving their journals, or they'll be uh, receiving um, uh, their Bibles. If they're kindergarten next week, they'll start back. Some other information that she explained. Uh, so make sure to, to get with her after after the service and say, tell me what you said, and I missed it. And, um, and so she can do that. So that's for our members, and I'm excited about that. That's the only way that we can oversee uh, that milestone path um, is, is through a commitment uh, underneath the leadership. So we're excited to, to shepherd our families through that and, shep, and thankful for Melissa and our, our children's ministry, family ministry, and all their leadership. So if you have your Bibles, um, and I hope you do, can you please turn to Luke chapter 12 verses 8 through 12. Luke 12 verses 8 through 12. Um, if you don't have a Bible, uh, you can always grab one in the back. Um, and, uh, and you're going to need it because uh, you're going to need to follow along. That's where we're going to get all of our information from, the Scriptures. Okay, so uh, I, I'm not uh, writing a monologue or kind of saying some things apart from the Scriptures. Uh, I want to only explain and pull out what are, what's in the Scriptures, and uh, I'm excited to do that with you uh, for just a little while. Before we read our text for today, We've had five weeks in this month uh, to memorize this verse. So you could say, well, uh, this verse, I know it. Uh, a lot. I know, I know it well because I've had five weeks t- to recite it at least, and I hope that you're memorizing it and that it's having its effect. But let's say it together. This is our last week with 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 through 17. You ready? All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every Good work. Good work. It's equipped you to do that work. Um, I want to just make mention uh, briefly to notice, uh, lastly, on this scripture. Um, The scriptures are what equip you for every good work. So they will help you to do what God has called you to do as a Christian. They will help you to do what God has called you to do as, as a believer in Christ. They'll help you to be what God has called you to be. As a Christian, right? There's no other way to know that or to be like that. This, uh, th- there's a book uh, that, that I want to recommend that you read, and some of our other leaders are recommending that as well to you, those who are overseeing our discipleship, like uh, Pastor Chad and, and Marie. There's a book, and uh, might be one of the most important books that you could read apart from the Bible this year. So in addition to your Bible reading plan, it's called Deep Discipleship by Pastor J.T. English. And there is a quote in there that says, one of the greatest challenges to discipleship is biblical illiteracy uh, and, and how that plagues the contemporary church. It is simply impossible to grow as a follower of Christ without being a student of, of his word. So, so that's, that, th- there's, it's an impossibility for you to grow without being a student of the word. I want you to um, look with me. If you have just uh, a second, which you do, because I got the control of the time here. Um, if you can, well, we know who holds the time. If you can turn to Titus, the book of Titus with me real quickly. Titus chapter 1, verse 9. I want you to just read this. Uh, and, and then we're going to look at two, chapter 2, verse 1 for just a second. Just reference our memory verse. Titus chapter one, verse nine, it says this: He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught, so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. And so we are to be people who hold true to sound doctrine, not just uh, not just uh, Christian talk or uh, or helpful phrases, but sound, solid, stable doctrine that, 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 that are pillars in our lives. And this is what the word of God teaches us. Now let's look at chapter two, verse one briefly. It says, but as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. So what, what we know is that the scriptures give us this sound doctrine, this sound teaching, these sound beliefs, okay, that anchor our lives. They anchor us. And, uh, and we must be people who see them regularly and who read them and who know them and who are changed by them. We're not just talking about good Christian life skills because you, you'll kind of just float out there and you'll kind of sometimes succeed at following Christ. Sometimes you won't. You need to be anchored by sound doctrines, by, by pillars, by, by weights that, that, that govern all of our life. And the scriptures are helping us to do that, okay? So, just, uh, just at the end of our memory verse, this the Bible shows us that 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 we'll be equipped for every good work through the Scriptures. So listen, it'll show us how to follow Christ. It'll show us how to love others. It'll show you how to fight particular sins. It'll expose to you your sin. It'll help you to repent when you need to. It'll help you to have joy. It'll help you not to be anxious. It'll help you to conduct your marriages or your parenting. It should tell you how church is supposed to function and how it's supposed to be led and what it's supposed to look like and what it's not. It'll teach you how to share your faith. It'll teach you how to follow leaders. It'll teach you how to serve your neighbors, make disciples of others, spend time in his word daily. It'll tell you what you're to believe, what you're not to believe, what you're supposed to do in trial, what you should do in suffering, what you should do in persecution. It'll tell you how you're supposed to eat and sleep and drink and talk, and treat others. What God is like, how you are to conduct your time, how you should use your life, how not to be afraid, how not to be stressed, how to be gentle, and kind, and forgiving, what you should do with your money, what you should say in your prayers, what you should do with your life, and what you shouldn't do. I mean, I could just go on, right? The Bible is here to equip you for every God-honoring work. So, With that in mind, let's read our passage for today so God can equip us in Luke. Luke chapter 12, verses 4 through 7. I'm sorry, 8 through 12. 4 through 7 would equip us as well. It already has. Okay, here we go. And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men Do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Now, what we're seeing here is Jesus give this final basis as to why his disciples should forsake spiritual hypocrisy. Okay, We've been talking about spiritual hypocrisy, and this is the final basis. You can put that title up, Michelle. The final basis for forsaking spiritual hypocrisy and the fear of man. That's what Jesus is giving them right now. This final basis. This is going to be the closure to this section. We've started this section. We've been in it for about six weeks. Jesus has been talking about spiritual hypocrisy all the way back from Luke chapter 11, verse 27, when Josh Miller preached. That's how long we've been talking about spiritual hypocrisy, which is shows how important this is. To look clean and spiritual on the outside, and yet to be truly dirty and unspiritual on the inside, particularly rejecting Christ. But we can see how this applies to Christians as well, right? So... Remember, he is training them to be beware of spiritual hypocrisy. He's training them to be free of it. Remember, this is a time of training for the disciples. And he must teach them to not be like the Pharisees or the crowds, but to beware of spiritual hypocrisy and to forsake it. And then they're going to teach others about it too. When they they go on and shepherd God's people, they're going to teach others, hey, no, 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 look, this is spiritual hypocrisy. And, And so Jesus is teaching them to forsake it. Spiritual hypocrisy, we said over the course of time uh, in these past weeks, has been a desire to serve man rather than God, so therefore rejecting the cleansing that comes through the gospel on the inside and being content to just look spiritual on the outside, because that's what man sees. So as long as I got that, I'm okay, right? It's a fear of man. That, that's what It's putting man in the position of God. Man, as long as man sees you as clean, it doesn't matter if God sees you as clean, right? So the chief concern of spiritual hypocrisy is the praise of man to be acknowledged, noticed, accepted by man. As long as everybody sees me as clean, that's what I'm content with for looking spiritual rather than seeking and pleasing God. The spiritual hypocrites, they hide the true condition on the inside. They reject cleansing that comes through the gospel and only through the gospel, in order to only look clean to others. The spiritual hypocrite might look like they're seeking God, but they don't truly trust in and fear God. The fear of man has taken over, and they are so blind to their own sin on the inside, which everybody else, if they're spiritual, probably sees, and they're refusing to, to come underneath the, the, the gospel, which can cleanse them, either for the first time or the hundredth, And they clean the outside of the dish while the inside just remains dirty. And his true disciples are to be different. His true disciples are to be different. They are to acknowledge their sin. They they are to, to fight their sin. They are to trust in Christ for true cleansing. So Jesus is training his disciples not to be spiritual hypocrites. That's what he's training them in. He's training them to be aware that not all who look clean are clean. Not all who look clean are clean. And he's training them to teach this doctrine. This is a doctrine to others. They should fear God who is the true judge and trust in his care, no matter if they're rejected. So he's warning them here. He is warning them. And believe me, look, and we know he's warning them because in verse five he says, but I will warn you, right? So he's warning them. And he's saying, don't be afraid of man, And so only look spiritual because all man can do to you is kill your body. But fear God who has the authority to cast your whole soul into hell. Right? And then he says, don't worry. Even the number of hairs on your head is known by God. Why? Because it's dangerous not to be a spiritual hypocrite. To be truly devoted to Christ to be truly devoted to his word, to be truly, to stand on the truth of the gospel that involves sin and hell and the true biblical words that the Bible says will be offensive to those who don't know it. To to do that and to be devout, that's dangerous because people may feel uncomfortable with that, may reject that. They will kill them because of that. And he's saying, don't be afraid of that. Don't serve man, don't fear man. Stand on the truth of the gospel, right? Because that's what will save. Listen, just as a side note, this, this even will lead into you sharing the gospel very pragmatically. Like if you're a fear man, and therefore you, you have a spiritual hypocrisy about, about your, your, your spirituality, you will even share the gospel pragmatically because you're ashamed of it. And what that does is you share it in such a way that will just get the person to respond and accept it. What that does is it removes all the power out of the gospel, right? If you share the gospel pragmatically, it's dangerous because it will remove all the power that comes from the truth of the content of the actual gospel. And yet people will like it and will accept it more readily, right? But it's an ashamedness of the gospel. And that's the truth of the life of the spiritual hypocrite. It's an a of, of Christ, at, at what it comes down to. So this final section of spiritual hypocrisy is to help these disciples reject it. And here's the one particular doctrine that he's teaching here, the basis of the reasoning, the summary of everything. Ready? Spiritual hypocrisy, it's on the screen, is a rejection of the gospel of Christ. That's what he's teaching here. This is, this is the, the foundational doctrine that he's providing with us with here. And I say this gently and I ask the Lord to, t- I read Psalm 23 a couple days ago and I ask the Lord to help me to be a shepherd like him, to be gentle with this because this is, these are hard truths. And I want to lead you beside still waters and restore your soul, right? I want to, I want to make you lay down in green pastures. Um, but these are hard truths. This, these are hard truths. But this is what Jesus is saying here. I want to restore you in this, but spiritual hypocrisy is truly a rejection of the gospel of Christ. You're rejecting his truth that you know to be true or that that you don't believe in. So the true disciple fears God and desires to be faithful to the truth of the gospel. And we must take heed to this because this will prove us to be true disciples or not. Okay? Many people, and again, I'm trying to lead you gently, but many people, Thought they were true disciples. And Jesus said, Turn away from me, I never knew you. Because it was evidenced by their life that they weren't. Revelation 2 9 through 11, Jesus says this He says, I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. And the slanderer of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan, he says, Do not fear what you're about to suffer, true disciples. He said, When it gets hard, behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. Don't become a spiritual hypocrite. And it's for this purpose, that you may be tested. For ten days you will have tribulation. Be faith. look at this, ready? Here's the word to all of us: be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. The one who proves to be a true disciple. Uh, Matthew 24:13 says, But the one who endures to the end will be saved. John 8:31 says so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him if you abide in my word you are truly my disciples. John 6:64 6, through 69 But there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. And he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted to him by the Father. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. That should be the response of the true believer. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. So let's move into the division of this matter in our text, okay? There's gonna be three points, our headings, divisions that make this main point clear to help us understand and be changed. Um, I believe the Lord is, what he's doing here is he's giving the disciples uh, like us really one overarching theme just as we talked about last week and then two supports again. Last week, if you remember, one overarching theme, two pillars underneath. Today, same thing. Okay, so this is the the pattern that we're going to take here. Here they are. I'm going to give you uh, a preview to them, and then we'll take one at a time. The first is that spiritual hypocrisy is a rejection of the truth of the gospel. Spiritual hypocrisy is a rejection of the truth of the gospel. And then there's two clarifications. We'll call these two pillars that support it clarifications today, okay? Clarification number one, spiritual hypocrisy is a rejection of the Holy Spirit's work. And then number two, faithfulness to the truth of the gospel, right? True disciples will avoid spiritual hypocrisy by the help of the Holy Spirit. So true disciples will avoid spiritual hypocrisy by the help of the Holy Spirit. So let's take these one at a time. Ready? Number one, spiritual hypocrisy from verses 8 and 9 is a rejection of the truth of the gospel. Spiritual hypocrisy is a rejection of the truth of, of the gospel. Let's see verses eight through nine here. And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man will also, also will acknowledge before the angels of God. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. So, this particular section again is closure, okay? And here, what's happening? Ready? Listen, lock in. Jesus is equating spiritual hypocrisy with the rejection of the truth of the gospel. He is equating the rejection of spiritual hypocrisy with the belief of the truth of the gospel. Okay, let me say that again. He's equating spiritual hypocrisy with, uh, with a rejection of the truth of the gospel. And he's equating the rejection of spiritual hypocrisy with a true belief in the true gospel in the gospel of Christ. So he starts this section like this. Verse eight, he says, and. And here's where this is, this is helpful for us. Here's the ultimate reason you should forsake everything that we've been talking about. That's what he's, that's what he's doing here, right? He's saying, beware of spiritual hypocrisy. I warn you not, not, to, be, not to, to fear man who can only kill the body, but instead fear God who can send you into hell. Don't worry. I know it's going to be dangerous not to be a spiritual hypocrite. But I'm going to protect you. I know even the hairs on your head. And by the way, if you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before God. And if you if if you refuse to, if you want to live for man if if you're only concerned with cleaning the inside or the outside due to the fear of man, if, if that's the case of your life, you will be rejected before God, right? So he's equating spiritual hypocrisy here. He's giving them further reason to be free from, to be cured of the fear of, of man and spiritual hypocrisy. In the Greek, this, he says, when Jesus says, everyone who acknowledges me, it's a, it's, it's, the word is homologeo. It's a form of the word of homo, verb of homologeo, which means to confess an allegiance to to confess or to acknowledge bad behavior as well. Listen, ready? So it's to acknowledge this bad behavior and to acknowledge who God is. Everyone who agrees with God, this is what he's saying. If you agree with me, right? If you agree with with my truth, with my gospel, if you say the same thing as me, right? Right? The verb is also used in uh, this acknowledging. It's also used in, uh, to, to connote confess. Like in First John 1, 9, it says this. If we confess our sins, there it is. He's faithful to just and just to cleanse us of all of our sins and in all of our unrighteousness. Matthew 7, not everyone who says to me, look at this, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out many demons in your name, and do mighty, uh, many mighty works in your name? And then here's a word again. Then I will declare, to them I never knew you. So this is what he's talking about. We're confessing Christ. We're declaring Christ. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 13 says, your submission that comes from your, here it is again, ready? Confession of the gospel. There's what he's talking about right there. Or 1 Timothy 6, fight the good fight of faith, take hold of eternal life to which you were called and about which you have made the good, what? Confession. It's this, It's this uh, agreeing with God and affirming your your relationship to him and your submission to him and your devotion to him. Hebrews 4, 14, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast to our what? Confession. This is this acknowledging him. Hebrews 10, let us hold fast to our confession or uh, of our hope without wavering because he who promises faithful. So this is the one who agrees with God about their sin and agrees with God about their need for cleansing. The results will be, listen, that he acknowledges you before the angels in heaven. So Jesus says this, everyone who does this, and here it is, look at the scripture with me. Here it is, everyone who does this before who? Before who? Men. Men. So, showing that what has blinded the spiritual hypocrites and their true repentance is their desire to have the praise of man rather than desiring to be pleasing to God. That's what's prevented them. That's what has prevented their devotion to the true gospel. Right? He's keeping in the same theme of spiritual hypocrisy. Right? It's dangerous. The praise, wanting the, the recognition, the praise to be seen in this world is dangerous. It'll make you reject the true gospel. He says, Jesus says, the one who does this, the son of man, I'm just going right through the verse in case you're wondering, where's he going? Just follow right along with me. The son of man, this is one of Jesus's favorite designations of himself and it's so appropriate here because what he's, it, what's, it, it, it's uh, uh, alluding to is his humanity. It's emphasizing his humanity, therefore his empathy, his compassion. He knows this will be difficult. You're gonna suffer because of this. If you want an easy life, be a spiritual hypocrite. Right? If you want an easy spiritual life, become a spiritual hypocrite. You want a hard road to, to heaven? The Bible says that through many sufferings and tribulations, we'll have to enter into heaven. Right? And be devoted to the gospel. He says, he says this because he's showing his compassion, his empathy. He says this. Ready? I will acknowledge. This person who does this, I will acknowledge. Same verb. Homologeo. Meaning, Jesus will assert emphatically that you are his. He will say this, ready? I know you. I know you. And you are mine. So his disciples should be motivated here to be free from spiritual hypocrisy because of the ultimate final basis is that spiritual hypocrisy is a rejection of the gospel. A rejection of spiritual hypocrisy is a reception of the gospel. Right? So he says, I will not acknowledge you before the angels of God. Why does he say that? Well, angels are constant subjects when it comes to the topic of, of judgment. So this alludes to judgment here. So he says this though in Matthew's account. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before, he says it this way in Matthew, before my father, who is in heaven. So, that's what he means. Right? Makes sense? Tracking with me? Awake? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Snore if you're awake. (laughs) All right. So, if you reject spiritual hypocrisy because of your true belief in the gospel of Christ, listen, if you fear God and his judgment and trust in the truth about him, if you are devoted to him, you desire to be cleansed on the inside, you will truly be his. And then, Jesus declares the very opposite in verse nine. The very opposite. Instead of starting with this and that he speaks of the positive, he is now speaking of the negative. You see that clearly? He's saying this. Verse nine, he's equating spiritual hypocrisy with the rejection of Christ. He says, but, but, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before the angels of God. The Greek word here, arneomai, this this can be a verbal or nonverbal renunciation. So this alludes to like, you're just showing it by your life. You can say all you want with your verbal, but you're saying it with your life, right? Like you could sit here and attest, yes, yes, but I believe. But what does your life show? Right? This is what he's saying here. And again, I'm trying to shepherd you gently, lead you beside still waters here, restore your soul. Because I know this is hard truth, but it might just save your life. He's saying this is a, a, a disagreeing with. It's the very opposite of what he said earlier with the agreeing with. It's a disagreeing with him. It's a not consenting. And this is what he's referring to. Your spiritual hypocrisy is a not consenting to the truth, not agreeing with the truth of the gospel that tells you about your sin and your need for repentance and your need for Christ. That's what this is. So spiritual hypocrisy is truly a rejection of the gospel. This is what Jesus is saying. He's telling it to his disciples so that they stay away from it, so they forsake it. This has eternal consequences, he's saying to them. Right? So the same verb of this uh, denying here is used here in Luke 9. He said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him, there it is, ready? Deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. But instead, this verse is denying ourself. And what Jesus was referring to is denying him instead. Right? So this one will be denied. Same word again. He will renounce relationship to. He will not consent to. He will not agree with you, which I think is so fitting. Meaning when you get to heaven, the spiritual hypocrite will say, I know you, check the outside. And then he will not agree with you. Right? That's maybe one of the scariest pictures in all the Bible. He will not agree with you, with your assessment. Based upon your outside. So before the angels of God, again, Matthew's account says it this way, whoever denies me before men, I, will also, I also will deny before my father who is in heaven. So the, the angels connote judgment. He will confess, turn away from me. I didn't know you. I don't know you. So this is one last final clarification for his disciples He is equating spiritual hypocrisy with the rejection of the truth of the gospel. And he is equating the rejection of spiritual hypocrisy with true belief in the gospel. Those who honor his truth and become truly clean, Christ will say, I know you and you are mine. And the sure way to miss out on that is to reject the truth of the gospel and to choose to be a spiritual hypocrite. Clean the outside before man and be content to remain unclean on the inside. Quick note before we move on to the first clarification. Second Timothy chapter 2, verses 11 through 13 um, says this, and I want to point out something I think is often misunderstood. It says this, The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will he also will deny us if we are faithless he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself that part there where it says if we are faithless he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself is in accord with what the line is right above it if we deny him he also will deny us so many maybe use that to mean something different than it means he is explaining if if we have definitively no faith then he will remain faithful to himself which is to deny those who don't have their sins forgiven by Christ he can't deny himself it's a gracious explanation to us as faithful as Jesus is to save those who believe in him he is equally faithful to judge those who don't that's what he's saying here John three uh, sixteen, um, you guys know it says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life." And then just two verses later, the one that we don't quote, <laughs> right? Whoever believes in Him is not condemned. But whoever do, uh, whoever believes in Him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. So He's equally as faithful in both directions. So. Disciples, Jesus is saying, don't aim to please God. Don't aim to be a spiritual hypocrite. Don't be pleasing to others and refuse to cleanse the inside. Don't deny Christ and the gospel. Agree with him. Agree with him. So now let's address two points of, clarif- of clarification uh, briefly. The first point of clarification is, is that spiritual hypocrisy is a rejection of the Holy Spirit's work. Jesus is really providing grace to his disciples and providing clarity here. He's providing clarity. You say, what do you mean by providing clarity? Well, he's making, he's making sense of this for them so that they don't um, misunderstand what he's saying. Read verse 10. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. What he's equating here now is that spiritual hypocrisy is actually a real rejection of the Spirit's work to bring about and and open the eyes to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not that spiritual hypocrisy is just a denial with your words. He's saying, I'm not talking about words here. Words are, words are important. We know that they're out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. But he's saying, I'm not just referring to temporary failings with your words when I say, if you deny me. I'm not talking about your words. I'm talking about how spiritual hypocrisy is a true rejection of the Holy Spirit's revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's unveiling of your sin. It's showing you your condition. The spiritual hypocrite refuses to 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 uh, to notice that because they're content to live clean uh, clean lives on the outside, so he's saying this is a rejection of the Holy Spirit's work to open your eyes to the truth of the gospel. So this verse, you know, it it could be. Confusing for a lot of people. He says it again in Matthew chapter 12, verses 31 through 32. Therefore I tell you every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. I'm not talking about your words. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven either in this age or the age to come. The statement is confusing to a lot of people, but it's it's pretty simple in the context here. Let's make this clear, okay? Jesus is doing two things. First of all, he's bringing the Trinity in view here, okay? He's declaring himself to be the one true God in regards of bringing the Trinity in view here, okay? He, he's, giving, he's shedding light on the fact when you're rejecting me, you're rejecting the one true God through your spiritual hypocrisy, right? He's bringing the Trinity in view. How does he do that? Well, verse five, Jesus refers to the Father, right? Him who has the authority to cast into hell, In verse 8, he refers to acknowledging the Son, right? And now here in verse 10, he's, he's acknowledging and referring to submitting to who? The Spirit. So Jesus is truly encouraging his disciples, be faithful to the one triune God, right? And then particularly what he's saying here is clarifying in what he means by denying him and what spiritual hypocrisy truly is, and it's a denial of what the Holy Spirit has given testimony to, which is the truth about man's sin, coming judgment, Christ's deity, and the truth of the gospel. That one who rejects that will not be forgiven. The Spirit gives testimony to the holiness of God. He convicts the man of sin, he opens the eyes of the man to the gospel, and he brings about Repentance and faith. And the spiritual hypocrite is rejecting that. Jesus is clarifying, what I don't mean is temporary faithlessness of words in denying Christ. I can forgive that. It's gonna happen to you, right? It's gonna happen. But what I mean is a rejection of of the gospel. So, Many saints in the Bible, we know this, rejected Christ temporarily with their words, right? And so we know this. And I'm not saying if you have faithful moment, faithless moments, Jesus is saying that I'm going to reject you. But and if you're sharing your faith, which you will and you will be, and you just fail to say the truth of the gospel, and you're just hitting yourself in the head, right? You fail to speak up about biblical truth to your neighbor when you know you should. You're at the gym and you're just so discouraged because you know that the, the you know that God was leading you to just share the gospel with this with this person that you've met, and you're just hitting yourself and you're discouraged and you're because you so desperately want to communicate the truth. He's not saying if when that happens, which it will, that that's what I'm referring to and you denying me and me denying you. He's referring to how spiritual hypocrisy is, a, is an abandonment of, a rejection of, and not agreeing with the truth of the gospel of Christ. Right? Rejecting what the Spirit has made clear. We know that the only unpardonable sin is a rejection of the atoning work of Christ. That's the only unpardonable sin, right? That Jesus' blood doesn't cover your sin. And we can be spiritual hypocrites and not know it. Reject this gospel. So we know from Scripture that this is what saves us. John 1, 7, the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all of our sin. And the Holy Spirit is what reveals this true knowledge to us. So a lot of people might say sometimes I feel like you're forgetting the Holy Spirit. Well, l- let me tell you. The Holy Spirit is the member of the Trinity who is constantly self-effacing. Meaning this, the Holy Spirit never draws attention to himself. That's part of that's part of his it's part of his work. It's part of his goal. He never draws attention to himself. That's not part of his of what he's doing. He is always pointing to Christ. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He always points to Christ. He, he points us to Christ. The Father, right? He's the creator and the lawgiver. The Son pays the penalty for our transgressions, and the Spirit awakens our heart to this truth and makes us in, into his image. So Jesus is making clear to them when he says, deny him. He's talking about spirit, these spiritual hypocrites telling them that they are denying. He, he's saying that, these, that spiritual hypocrites are denying the work that the Spirit has come to do, right? Which is open your eyes to sin and to the truth of the gospel. So we know that many believers temporarily failed. Look at Peter, Matthew 20, 6. When they sung a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives, Jesus said to them, You will fall away of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised, I will go before you to Galilee. And Peter answered, Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. And Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said, Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. And Peter was forgiven. Right? Right? And what about Saul? Saul was ravaging Acts 8, was ravaging the church and entering into the house after house and dragging off men, now this is before his conversion, and women and committing them to, to prison. So in fact, no one could be saved if, if uh, a denial of, of, of Christ at some time with your words was what Jesus was referring to. But he's referring to the rejection of the gospel. They reject the testimony of the Spirit. 1 John 2, look at this. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that all who... Uh, that they are all not of us but you have been anointed by the holy one and you have all have knowledge i write to you not because you do not know the truth but because you know it and because no lie is of the truth who is the liar but the one who denies that jesus is the christ this is the antichrist he who denies the father and the son no one denies the son uh, no one who denies the son has the father Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If you have heard from the beginning, if what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has made, eternal life. So this is what he's referring to. And let's look at this, John 16, verses 1 through 15. Let me just show you the end here. Um, Actually, let me just read this one. Ready? Look at this with me. I have said all these things to keep you from falling away. This is what he's doing here. He's telling the disciples the same things, really. He's telling them not to become spiritual hypocrites. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will actually think that they're offering a service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you that when their hour comes, you may remember what, uh, that I told them to you. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me. And none of you asked me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, look at this, ready? The helper will not come, but if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, look at what the Holy Spirit does. You ready? He will convict the world concerning sin. Spiritual hypocrites don't recognize the reality of their sin. Concerning righteousness, spiritual hypocrites refuse to reject the righteousness that they need from Christ. And judgment, spiritual hypocrites are afraid of man who kills the body and not God who throws into hell. They don't believe in him. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will speak not on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. So look at this, ready? The Holy Spirit is self-effacing. He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify who? He will glorify who? Christ, me. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He brings about faith in Christ. And he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine, and therefore I said he will take what is mine and give it to you. Right? This is what the Holy Spirit does, and this is what the hypocrite is rejecting. John 15, 26. When the Helper comes, whom I send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And the Spirit does this through the Scriptures and through regeneration, right? 1 Corinthians 12, 3 says, no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit, right? So the Holy Spirit is what does this work. Second, and if faith come, listen, let me just explain this to you. Faith comes through hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. So the Holy Spirit takes the scriptures, takes the word, opens the eyes, enlightens the eyes, softens the heart, and brings about repentance and faith. 2 Corinthians 3, 6 says, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Meaning, the word of God, apart from the Spirit's work to open your eyes to that truth, will just condemn you a sinner. Right? So, this is what's happening here. And this is what Jesus is saying. Ready? Hebrews ten twenty six. If we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Meaning, if they're rejecting the Spirit's work that has opened their eyes to the truth of the gospel, they will not be forgiven. So, this is what Jesus is clarifying. Let me show you this in the verse real quick. Look at it, verse 10. Ready? Look at verse 10. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. There it is. I'm not talking about words when I speak. Spiritual hypocrisy is a denial of me. But the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. There it is. I'm referring to a denial of the Spirit's work, revealing the truth. It's calling what the Holy Spirit says is true a lie. That's what the blaspheme blaspheme is. Ready? What you're saying, Spirit, about my condition and my need for Christ, I am rejecting that. I disagree with that. It's calling it a lie, right? So here's what he's saying. That person will not be forgiven. It's a rejection of Christ, which is what the spiritual hypocrites are guilty of, okay? So clarification number two for just a, a few minutes Faithlessness to the truth of the gospel is the, is the cure. And here's what we say. Uh, go ahead and hit that. The true disciples will avoid spiritual hypocrisy by the help of the Holy, Holy Spirit. So let's finish this off. And we're going to finish off strong, right? Just a few minutes. Yes? Are you awake? I like when you say, sir. It makes me feel... Some people say, man, preaching for an hour. I say, you probably scroll through your phone for more than an hour just looking at Facebook multiple times per week. We can look at the word of God together for one hour a week. Right? So, verses 11 through 12. Ready? Ready? And when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Here's what he's saying here. Jesus is, again, graciously giving clarity to the disciples. Can I tell you how serious these disciples are? They, Jesus senses that they are anxious Because they so badly want to take heed to his words. They so badly don't want to deny him. They so badly don't want to reject his spirit's work. Because they so badly do not want to be spiritual hypocrites. Right? They don't want to be spiritual hypocrites. They don't want to deny his spirit's work. So he's saying here, don't worry about what you're going to say. Again, I'm not talking about words here, right? I'm not talking about words. I know that in persecution and and difficult situations, there will be a temptation to to deny me. I'm not talking about your words. I'm talking about your submission to the Holy Spirit. You submit to my truth. You know you stand on my truth. You are faithful to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit will give you the words when it's time, right? Right? he's again providing gracious clarity here. He's not saying that we should have no preparation in explaining the word of God to people. The word of God, we must be faithful to it. He's saying in these extenuating circumstances when the spiritual hypocrites are going to reject me because they're just concerned with the fear of man and the cleanliness of the outside, and you want to be different and not deny me so that I will acknowledge you before my father, And you know you're trusting that I care for you because I know the number of hairs on your head, right? Which is causing you to have courage and not become a spiritual hypocrite. When this time comes, right? And you're not rejecting the work of the Holy Spirit. I'll I'll teach you what to say. You stand firm on my gospel truth underneath the guidance of the Holy Spirit. He's alleviating alleviating their anxieties. Look at this. Verse 11, and when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, this is important because go back up, just briefly, go back up to verse five. I will warn you whom to fear, or I'm sorry, verse four. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body. That's what the spiritual hypocrites do. They fear those who kill the body and therefore they reject the truth of the gospel in order to remain unscathed on the, on the outside. And that's why he has to tell them in verse seven, listen, I know all the number of hairs on your head. Fear not. I'm gonna take care of you. So again, he's saying, don't reject me by being a spiritual hypocrite, right? Don't reject my spirit's work and don't worry. Don't worry. I'm gonna take care of you. Submit to my truth and my gospel. So therefore, church, in conclusion, we should forsake spiritual hypocrisy Brought about by the fear of man rather than the fear of God. We should reject refusing to see our true condition, desiring only to look spiritually clean on the outside, and rejecting the gospel of Christ. We should forsake this because it's a denial of Christ and his gospel. But if we will endure whatever may come, if we will agree with what his spirit has made plain in convicting us of sin showing us his righteousness, showing us the coming judgment, and we will come underneath the truth of the gospel and stand on his truth and trust in his spirit's work and help. He will reward us with eternal life. And this is the final basis for forsaking spiritual hypocrisy and the fear of of man. Let's pray. Father, we come before you. and i pray lord that that you would save people's life through this message that you would awaken hearts to this message by this message that you give us god um, as i've prayed over and over this past week help this to be a shepherding tool, a rod and a staff that comforts us, that leads us beside still waters into green pastures, restores our soul so that even if we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to fear any evil because you're with us. Help this truth, God, to shepherd us into life. Help us to see and to be witnesses of the fact that spiritual hypocrisy is a rejection of the gospel, a rejection of your Spirit's work to reveal this truth. And instead, let us, by the help of your Spirit, stand firm upon your truth, submit to it, be changed by it, affirm it, agree with it, so that in heaven one day when we see you, you will agree with our proclaimed faith. You will agree that we do know you. My fear is for anyone in this room who you will say to them, I disagree with you. I know that you claim to have faith, but I disagree with you. And you say that that will happen to many. Please, Lord, I pray that you would do the work that only your spirit can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this resource from the Field Church in Mandeville, Louisiana. We pray that it helps you joyfully make Jesus Christ your treasure.